Welcome to Rain City Supercars. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. And we are brought to you recording live from Drivers Club, sponsored by Avance, Haggerty, again, Drivers Club, Rainier Beer, and Carter Subaru. <laughs> that went everywhere. That would, somebody, be, that would be a lot less funny if you didn't just do that, that all over our recording equipment. But yeah, it's fine. So yeah, yeah exactly. It's waterproof, I'm sure. Great. Thanks, Jared. That was exciting. Rainier Beer. <laughs> Just Shaken, not stirred, Jared does not just, work well with Rainier Jared just beer. christened all of our audio equipment with Rainier, so now it will always smell it's like It's been beer. done before. Yeah, I know. <laughs> not the last, not the first, yeah. Uh, How's how your weekend? Oh, my weekend was uh, actually finally a little bit relaxing. It's a relaxing weekend? Yeah, it's nice. been crazy, crazy busy at work and in life uh, for both of us, really, lately. Yeah. And so I took a weekend to kind of have some actual downtime, and it was amazing. Good, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I was out and about uh, with uh, with Chrissy from LeMay and uh, Ashley Shoemaker from Haggerty on their Wine and, wine and Wheels uh, tour. They you do about right. three of them. Huh? I know I got it right. <laughs> I had to really think about it. Because yeah. <laughs> I think last the, most of the time I was calling it Wine and Heels or Wine. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, LeMay and Haggerty get together like three times a year and do these tours, and it's about a two-day thing. It's a lot of fun. We actually ended up touring a lot of uh, – we, we, uh, we started at Griot's Garage and it, with a personal tour by Richard Griot. And it was a lot of fun seeing some of the stuff and what's happening down at Griot's and things like that. And uh, then we were, we kind of took back roads up to here. We're lost in the back. I saw some. I found some really good roads that even you and I haven't been on, which you got to find again. So, all right. Um, but it ended up in Issaquah and did a wonderful lunch and a couple of tours there. And then met back up on sa- on Sunday, and saw another tour. Actually, one we you and I have seen in uh, in the Totem Lake area before. So, it was a lot of fun. And I really want to thank the girls for inviting us. And um, you know, it was. Uh, Amanda was there. She had her dad with her. And then we, uh, we had a, there was a ton of people. That, it was like 20 cars. Yeah, so I saw Alan joined you guys out there. Alan did, yeah. It was, we had, I and mean, Tammy. I had, I overate. I mean, it's just because they, they picked really good places to eat. So oh. it, was, it was a lot of fun. So Well, anytime Haggerty throws something on, it's always fun. Yeah. yeah. We're not just saying that. We've been doing Haggerty stuff way before they sponsored us. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you need to be a Haggerty member. Way, way back when. Yes. Back in the old days. Yeah. Back, back when our audio equipment was dry. <laughs> So, yeah. 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 Um, so I had a fun conversation with uh, James Dunis. Yeah. Um, he was getting his Mustang tuned, his uh, GT500, that is. Not the... I was like, which one? Yeah, not the C7, <laughs> not the old Cobra, but the the, old, the 90s Cobra, but the, his GT500, which is, of course, supercharged. Uh, mm-hmm. So is the other Cobra. But um, he was doing some work on his diff, and he had it in Brad's Custom Auto, and they were doing some dyno tuning. He was trying to get back some horsepower that he'd lost. Uh uh, just over the years, I mean, he's retuning. you got to retune if you're modifying your cars. And so he's come through, and he, go, and he sent me a message. He goes, man, you're not going to believe this. He goes, I got 90 horsepower back. 90 horsepower off of a tune of a car that's already tuned is a significant amount. You if find a rat's nest in the airbox or something? Pretty close, actually. Oh, okay. And that's actually a really good story here. <laughs> this is why I'm bringing it up, because it is an excellent Carter Subaru tip of the day. And I told him I was going to use this, because I think it's something that people don't really understand how dramatic of an effect this can have on a forced induction car. Any car, really, but really dramatic on forced induction. You know how they gain 90 horsepower back on that car? Hmm. They clean the air filter. <laughs> and it wasn't even like, I mean, you wow. know you know James. Like, he doesn't. He takes care of his stuff. Yeah. It's like it Meticulous wasn't like this thing it. was trashed. It was just, he, he had, it's a K&N. It was pretty clogged up, so they did a full cleaning. Threw the air filter back on, 90 horsepower. Wow. This is, I mean, a 700-horsepower car, I think, something like that. It's crazy high horsepower. But 
on forced induction cars especially they're <laughs> still running around with 610 horsepower but you know right <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly like <laughs> he wasn't suffering yeah but i mean as with any car i mean this it seems like such a simple thing hey change your air filter clean your air filter but when you guys are running aftermarket turbos and aftermarket tunes and all that like uh, those variables get dramatically multiplied when you start restricting airflow on forced induction cars. Is a supercharged, um, anything supercharged or turbocharged, though, is going to be really susceptible to this. Now, a really good tune is going to be able to compensate. That's that's how EFI works, thank God, is that when your air filter gets uh, messed up or your the, the restrictions change, then the computer compensates and richens things up or leans things out as needed. Well, just simple step of cleaning your air filter, and if you've been driving all summer like we have, going everywhere through rain, snow, dust, dramatic hailstorms. And then it got worse. Yeah. (laughs) Not so much the water and the hail, but if you've been going through extremely dusty conditions as often as we have going out of state and stuff, this is what really clogs up your air filter. Now, if you're like Porsche and don't think about things and decide that you need to take off your rear bumper and your rear wing to check your air filter, it's a little more difficult. Thanks, Porsche. Still mad at you for that. Um, you, it's, it's, it's more Angry of a, Dan. It's a more of a process. <laughs> yeah. But um, at the same time, like, yeah, check your air filter and change it. This is a great time of the year where you probably do need to change it. And vacuum out your air box. Yes, exactly. It's something I – I don't know if we've actually ever talked about that on our winter prep, but it was something I was actually doing even though my car only has like 4,500 miles on my Subaru this weekend. And there was, stu- there was stuff in the air box. Like, yeah. it's just just get in there and just vacuum it out. If you're not comfortable taking your air box apart, and sometimes there can be hidden clamps and things like that. Find somebody, somebody – you can take it to a good a shop and they'll do it for you. But and it's kind of a fun adventure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and almost next to nothing. I mean, it's pretty simple to do, but chances are also uh, this is another time to – another time to check your cabin filter so if you have anything newer like 2000 and up you probably have a cabin filter it's very rare you don't nowadays i have two air filters in the subaru there's like an air filter and a carbon filter there's two it, there's two yeah, filters I had two through. in the land cruiser as well actually yeah, i just had never seen them yeah it's kind of a weird setup but that does happen um it's super easy to change your cabin filter most of the time but on most cars not all of course it's either it's usually right behind the glove box, or it's right underneath the cowl, underneath your windshield wipers. Um, that's the most common. There's obviously a, a few weird places, like the center console. You've got to think Jeeps, about where air would be sucked in from the outside and pushed into your car. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, but that thing gets really dirty, and if you find yourself, um, you can, you'll see like a film start to develop on the inside of your windshield. Um, that's actually usually a sign of a really clogged up cabin air filter. Hmm. Um, so if you change that, and the reason they use carbon in those, same thing as when you have carbon in your Brita filter for your water or whatever, is it tends to do a really good job of removing harmful elements from the outside. Particulates. Particulates, yes, exactly. Carbon is a great filter. So We should get a carbon filter around the uh, equipment. Yeah. Less rain, less rain near. <laughs> less rain near. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, carbon filter. But yeah, so that's your tip of the day. Now is the perfect time to check your air filter. Air filter. Um, if you bought prepaid maintenance for your car, it is probably included. So for those of you who are worried about it, just go take it into your dealer. They'll probably do it for next to nothing. Or if you want to do it yourself, like if on most economy cars, changing your filter takes about five minutes, literally. So yeah. you can check it out on Amazon. Check it out on YouTube before you pay somebody to do it. Because I guarantee you, even if you are really, really not mechanically inclined... Only very few cars actually require a lot of work to change your air filter. It's usually like three clamps. You pop the thing off. You're like, oh, there it is. Remove it. Put a new one in. Done. Check your blinker fluid. Call it a day. Yeah, totally. Right. Blinker off fluid. Off you go. <laughs> blinker fluid and your diesel spark plugs. Those are the two <laughs> things you got to... doesn't matter if you have a diesel or not. you got to check your diesel spark plugs. So, yeah. Please don't check your diesel spark plugs. <laughs> or, or your blinker fluid. Or your glow plugs. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway... Adam, welcome to the show. Adam Nonis is our guest today. If you don't know Adam, you probably have seen his car because it has been everywhere lately. <laughs> um, Adam runs Atum Design, and 
development. I keep saying fabrications in my mind. I look at the yeah. shirt and I'm like, oh, wait, it's development, not fabrication. But you are a master fabricator. Yeah. Uh, and I thought the name would be a funny pun on my name. But what happens is I really have to explain to people or enunciate. Hi, I'm Adam from much. Atom. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially with an email address. Yeah. Adam? Adam at Adam. Adam. Atom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with <Dot> a T. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. I want to, something funny, I was uh, going through uh, your website and looking at some of your history. Guess where Adam crosses paths with us like every one of our guests lately does? He's another person who we don't, didn't know his first name but knew his car. Well, that's pretty much everybody. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. But uh, you used to work at Car Nuts back in the day, which was part of Park Place. I yep. did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I worked. Uh, I've worked at a lot of shops in the in the greater Seattle area that a lot of people that listen to your podcast would probably be familiar with. You know, Car Nuts, um, Benchmark, Benchmark. Yeah. And then I took a change. Uh, car Toys for <laughs> almost. Six years, five years, six years. And then I took a change completely different and went completely out of the car industry for a while. So, well, that welcome was a mistake. back. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of funny though, because I, I do ask around if I know people who work for places that I know really well. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go ask around, see what I see, what I can kind of dirt I can bring up. And I, so I messaged Alexa today and was like, what do you know about Adam? He used to work for Car Nuts and all that because I used to come back and everything. He goes, was, oh man, that guy was awesome. <laughs> he, he was like, he was like the right hand around here. There was so some explosive dis- deletes yeah. before that, but yeah. Sure. No, to be fair, I wouldn't have said anything if it wasn't a good story. Sure. I just wouldn't have told fair you. Enough, yeah. But uh, but no, she was. Uh, they had nothing but good things to say about you from them. So well, I t- I try to. I pride myself on being a generally good guy. That's, that's kind of <laughs> my thing. I'm a generally it's good, a good guy. Good to go by. Yeah. There were some incredible. I remember like when I first came over here in like 2008, and I was spending a lot of time at Park Place just drilling on things and. I had, I think, I, I don't know if it was Car Nuts, but I had Park Place work on my my uh, BMW 325xi, and you guys did springs and stuff like that on it. And some of the stuff that came out of Car Nuts was just insane. Like that, I mean, known for that blue Lambo and, and the Escalade. I mean, just cars that were known around here for the fabrication and the beautiful work you guys did. I remember the Corrado. Did you ever see that car? Mm-hmm. Corrado was before me. Yeah, so Lambo was all me, and yeah. probably all his Escalades, the Escalade, and all that stuff. And then you had so. that wild Mercedes that was. Didn't you, didn't you guys do we, that? We actually were doing uh, CLS after CLS for That's, a while for yeah. different people. A lot of them out of California, and a lot of them were like SEMA builds and stuff. Beautiful cars. But CLSs were on the docket a lot for yeah. a while. Well, I mean, and obviously now, if if you don't know, and we really haven't talked about it, Adam, Exp- describe what your 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 car that you're known for is. <laughs> okay, like this, that's that's yeah. gonna be the easiest Let's thing for me that, trying yeah, to. That's t- a good one. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a 1966 Volvo 122 is what it's called in the U.S. Everywhere else in the U- besides the U.S. it's called an Amazon. Okay, it's a um, 66 body on top of a 86 BMW E30 chassis, 325i chassis. That's totally been done a hundred times. Yeah, I mean, who hasn't done that? Come on. <laughs> yeah. We were talking outside. We were doing some photos with the car. You Obviously, you'll see the photos when we post this, but uh, Adam was talking about the fact that he had this Volvo, and, his, and he was just working on it and having a great time, and it just was always breaking. And he decided he was going to do this swap, and then he just walked around with basically a tape measure in, in the parking lots trying to find a, a matching donor car. Yep. Correct? Yeah. Yeah, the internet and a tape measure got me a long ways. <laughs> and uh, 
<laughs> it was just, a, it was just who a hasn't heard that success story before? <laughs> the internet and the tape measure got me to I where I that, am today. I think that goes back to great. The, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna scoot over a little bit. Well, uh, it's been fun, everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this got weird. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you come up with this idea? I mean, how did you know that you looked at it and you said, "Okay, the Volvo's not not doing what I wanted to do." Like you said, you were putting parts and parts and parts into it, and it just wasn't running. Which yeah, we've all been there. It's like you fix one problem and it it gives you four more. Yeah. So. And it was just getting really discouraging. I mean, you would work on it for a long time. It never ran the entire time I owned it. And it just, I would sink money into it. I'd sink time into it. The weekend would be over. I wouldn't be any further along. And I just, it just sat. You get to the point. Almost like five years. It sat in my driveway. Just, I'd wash it every once in a while, and it just didn't move. It was who hasn't a girlfriend like that? <laughs> <laughs> it was like an or- it was like an ornament just sitting there. And uh, I actually saw on <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> Even I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, sorry, <laughs> I like to throw Adam put his girlfriend in the. P- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, how does his wife not see his girlfriend being washed in the driveway? <laughs> yeah, I mean, just putting money into it. I, think it was I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to change the subject for once. Um, <laughs> And it's again, hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> back to the internet thing. Yeah. I wound up uh, <laughs> yeah, back, back to your tape measures of the internet. Yeah, yeah not okay, helping. Okay. Yeah, no. I saw a, um, a Facebook thing where a company called Piper Motorsports took a 190e body and put it on a C63 chassis. Okay, and they went through all the step by step of how they did it, all kinds of everything like detailed. And I was like, I can do that. So, in my opinion, everything that makes a car run and drive is in the floor pan. You know. Your fuel lines, your brake lines, your electrical, the drivetrain, the pickup points for the suspension, everything's in the floor pan. So, like, I'll just find something that's close to the right size and find a way to make it work. Let's take a quick break and we come back. I want to start, I want to kind of go back and start where we, you know, you're measuring cars in parking lots and then how we got to where we are today. Sure. We'll be right back. We spend an average of eight hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens, laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. And we're back. So how did you get started in all this uh, all this mess? Were you always a car guy growing up and breaking things and fixing them and... I was, yeah. No, um, from the time I was born up until maybe 12 years ago, my dad owned a body shop. And Ah. so I grew up doing that. It was a small shop. You know, it was him and rotated between one or three other people, depending on the time of year, who wanted to work, whatever. But during every summer I worked with him, I always got the really bad jobs. Fiberglass repair was one of them. So. Ooh. <laughs> and look under the Corvette. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wear a mask. Um, Your mom wants you to come home tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I grew up doing that. I grew up, I was the guy in high school, always fixed everybody's cars. I was always into fixing things. Um, we didn't have a lot of money, so if I wanted something cool, I had to figure out how to make it myself. I was going to say, yeah. that gives you an, it gives you an edge later in life because you have to do things out of necessity, which mm-hmm. means you have to learn them to do them efficiently and cheaply with yeah. what you have. Exactly. That was yeah. my dad to a T. Didn't grow up a lot of money, but it was like, I'll never forget, uh, to keep the house cool. He was like, oh, if we ducked uh, a, like a suction system, like putting a, a, he got a box fan that he pulled out of a barn. 
and he hooked it up to the ceiling in the uh, the crawl space. And so that, and if he opened a door, that would basically run pressurized air through the whole house and suck all the heat out through the top. So even if it was a 90 degree day, we're always pulling cold air from the bottom. The Putnams can solve anything with a box fan, can't they? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Didn't you used to have a hot tub in your, your garage yep. be, and you you vented it with a box fan? Same box fan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a circle. <laughs> no, because those old motors were wound to never wear out. And so, like, the that was that was how it worked. The thing was, like, 50 years old. That's anyway. great. Okay. Mm, yeah. Well, my so, brother has it now. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've been... Uh, in his garage. Yeah. <laughs> I've been fabricating forever. And um, right out of high school, I decided... I didn't want to go to college. It, I get told fairly often that that was the wrong decision, but <laughs> I wanted to build things. I didn't want to be like, in my opinion, I felt like everybody for every position that's available to be a, none of us went to college. None of us graduated from college. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, I always felt like for yeah, every look, yeah, doctor exactly. or no, lawyer no, position that's available, <laughs> there's going to yeah. be a, a hundred people fighting for that one position. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't want that. I didn't want that struggle. My older brother, he's uh, he actually has a doctorate in mathematics. Applied oh, mathematics. Great. So, <laughs> loser. Like, <laughs> so, so like I Sounds saw him like going he's good to college. At math and he has debt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I saw him going to college and just having to do the student loans, student loans, yeah. student loans. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to build things. So I, right out of high school, I got started doing car stereos. Did yeah. you apply to any colleges? Yeah, I went. To, I applied to a few. Yeah. I got I got accepted at a few, <laughs> <laughs> but I could not afford to go to the colleges I got accepted to. So Denny's uh, Community College consider. is a real thing, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> it comes with hash browns on the side. Yeah, colleges that start with an H and yeah. like have more letters and are really expensive. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God! Don't give me that crap. I was like, if a community college wanted me, so <laughs> I wanted to exactly. Yeah, exactly. I just would I you like a badminton scholarship, son? <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. You know, that's that's something I always did, and Car Stereo was, like, my way. I got the very first shop I got hired at, I was hired to build speaker boxes and door panels and those kinds of things. I remember those days. Those were fun. Yeah, you know, 92. Like, I that was... Well, okay, that, that's a little... <laughs> that was a little... Be, well, that was, like, 95, yeah. Five, 95, 96, 96 yeah. for me, yeah. Yeah, and back then, being able to do that kind of stuff was very lucrative. Like, yeah. people would pay a lot of money for a speaker box, because it was... And it was, it was custom into the cars and stuff like black that. Black magic, yeah. yeah, back then, you know. Um, it wasn't until the advent of the internet and all the experts that came from then that, you that know, was the things fun started part slowing though. down. It like was. That's that's one of the first times I got in there. I was working for a custom shop in Spokane, and I figured out a way to custom mount a, <laughs> a VTEC tuner. <laughs> By the way, it was just a lighted box. Yeah. <laughs> like the stuff like that to, to figure that out. I, mean, I remember building boxes. I didn't know anything about it, but it was like you'd build it and you'd put the speaker in it and you'd see how it sounded. And then you'd figure out why it sounded <laughs> bad. Right. And, you yep. know, yeah. yeah. So car, car stereo for years <laughs> um, because of uh, falling back on the fiberglass experience from my dad's shop. I got into composites. He, my dad lived life via the trade job. Trade work like was always his thing. He'd fix somebody's car. He'd get a truckload of steak from the butcher you know he'd, he'd fix somebody's car he'd have something dropped off at the house that was the way he did everything and early on he had his shop was in ballard so he did some trade work for a guy and all of a sudden a roll of kevlar a roll of carbon fiber a roll of stuff fiberglass started showing up from this boat builder and so er, before carbon fiber was popular i was like doing a lot of carbon fiber work playing with it figuring out how things were like doing all this stuff Where'd you learn? I mean, how did you? I, I did you? Did you? Where Proce did you even processes. learn? Processes. I was going to say that. Like, it's just processes. Yeah. And that's so. So I have the ability to uh, kind of 
see how something's done and understand then stepping back understand how it works okay. so like i made that step uh, one of the really big steps that i took was when i realized that composite is basically just the reason it's called composites it's a reinforcement structure and a resin they can be different things like uh you could use burlap and you know uh fire and uh, uh polyester resin and that's a composite so playing with all these different materials and learning how the different stuff works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Before you know, <laughs> <just> <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got into repairing. Um, I got into repairing Ferraris and Lamborghinis. Um, when the monocoque chassis gets fractured mm -hmm. during an impact, like the, the process to repair carbon fiber is pretty extensive. I've seen a video that Lamborghini yeah. did on that. On how yeah. th that's insane. Yeah. So I was doing that for a little while. Okay. And then I got headhunted by a shop to be a, composites tech and a material scientist developing ballistic armor uh composite ballistic armor see you don't have to go to college to be a scientist yeah <laughs> yeah well <laughs> one thing i've learned over the years is that titles are very easily handed out it doesn't yeah. mean a whole lot head of sanitation right here <laughs> yeah <laughs> so for about four years i was uh developing composite ballistic armor for um military contractors that is so cool and uh i learned a lot from that again the resins the understanding how resins and reinforcements work I developed a very impact-resistant carbon fiber that we were using um, to do uh, body panels for. We we made a Subaru, the rally team, we made some carbon fiber panels for. We were making um, not only ballistics, we transitioned a little bit out of ballistics. We were working for Polaris to make uh, impact-resistant composite body panels. I mean, this stuff, you could literally hit it with a sledgehammer and it wouldn't fracture. Like... It's pretty impressive. There goes one of my questions. I was going to be like, where did you find all this carbon that you put on the Volvo? Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only some of that is this cool, fancy stuff. Because uh, what, what it boils down to is that the resin structure is what kind of has to take the impact. Okay. Reinforcement is one thing. But if you think about cloth as cloth, it's just in the middle of a resin structure. If the resin can take the impact, the cloth can take the impact. And so... So the resin has to distribute the energy, and the, the cloth helps it with that, depending on what you have. The, the, so the cloth is providing penetration resistance, and the resin is um, providing impact it, resistance? Uh, cloth provides the, the resistance of the resin to just shatter and blow up into a thousand pieces and be all over the place. It ref, it's the reinforcement. Okay. The resin kind of uh, holds the cloth in place, more or less. Yeah. Um, so if you find a, a resin that has a really high modulus, ability to flex and bend and take impact, and you put the reinforcements in that, you can make some pretty cool composites. Very cool. I had no idea. Yeah. Like, I mean, so. I've seen, like I said, everything I, I know about carbon fiber and composites is, you see on YouTube and things like that. From the, I've, I've watched the car stuff, like watching McLaren make the, the monocoque chassis mm -hmm. and stuff like that and layering and, and then being able to see the, the carbon fiber um, lab that was here with Lamborghini. The ACSL, and, yeah. And that, that's it's just an incredible process. Yep. So It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. And that forged carbon is really pretty. <laughs> I was mentioning Cheap earlier too. when we were walking around out there. <laughs> When we were doing the composites that I was doing, forged carbon, it was before it was kind of trendy. That's mm -hmm. That was your junk carbon. Yeah. Like you used shredded carbon fiber to make. Yeah, they, they actually talk about that yeah. in the Carbon Services yeah. Lab. Is it was like, hey, we, we this stuff is still good. It just isn't yeah. as visually appealing. So how do we make it visually appealing? Mm. And that was like how they end up with forged carbon. Because it's every bit as strong. Mm -hmm. It's just when you It's have actually stronger. Yeah. So if you get hmm. the carbon that has uh, any other reinforcement that has a straight weave uh, one direction or the other or both directions... Um, it's only strong in that direction. So if you have things that run 0.90 constantly, those are the two directions that it's strongest in. Right. With um, forged carbon, where it's a lot of fibers going a lot of places, 
that you actually get your reinforcement from a lot of Dan and I got into a conversation about that, and this is something we were going to do, but is about carbon ceramics brakes and the fact that if you were to you know, take one of those brakes off and drop the wheel on it and hit it from the top, you'd absolutely, it would absolutely shatter. Yet you can put it on a race car and from the side, and it, there's nothing but strength. So yeah. It's a, yeah, it's an expensive mistake I've seen happen actually once. It's like, yeah. oh, sorry, yeah. we chipped your rotor, which means you need two of them plus mm. pads. Mm-hmm. So that's $12,000. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah. But it's interesting. So it anyway, like I've, done, I've done fabrication of all different types, um, you know, being in the – after doing car stereo before the ballistic armor, I worked for a company that I did um, full custom builds of uh, people – where we did a, a complete chassis and everything for a, like a 67 Nova – Chevy and the big block and independent rear and all that kind of stuff. Like you enjoy that that side of it? Yeah, yeah. Building things. Well, what I really making enjo- something from nothing pretty much that doesn't exist. What I, my favorite? What I really enjoy is problem solving. So figuring out how to make something work together, like my current <laughs> thing, like an E30 <laughs> chassis. Yeah, under a exactly. exactly. Well, and, and and that's just the that's just from the outside view. When you think about all the little stuff I had to do after just putting the two together, you know the the putting the gas, the fuel filler behind the tail light, and making the hinge mechanism for that to the uh, making the two dashboards work together to make the windshield wipers work with the intermittent BMW switches and stuff like all those little things like that engineering and that problem solving is what I really enjoy. I love doing that kind of stuff. One of the best docu- or movies you'll ever see, docu- it's sort of a documentary, uh, Flash of Genius or Stroke of Genius, is the story of the guy and the patent on the intermittent windshield mm-hmm. wiper. Yeah, I tell it sounds like it's something boring. I Everybody should watch it. It's the, one of the most amazing stories in the history of automotive. So anyway, yeah. So, but stuff like that though is like, yeah. it's not as simple as you think. <laughs> not by a mile. No, no. And it's and um, you know my build philosophy air quotes is uh, strive for perfection, settle for excellence. So I focus on the details of everything, and as much as I can, focus on the littlest detail because. If you focus on the littlest detail, you may not get everything, but the overall package winds up a lot better. Yeah. So little things like that, all the little stuff that happens. Well, I think when I build there are car companies out there. I mean, the Koenigsegg and, and Pagani are, are probably good examples of that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you know, every bolt on a Pagani says Pagani, but, yeah. th- and, but it's it's structurally stronger and things of that nature. So yeah. it's kind of interesting. I've always loved that process. Like we were down there looking at the that that CUDA down there and I, I mean the fact that fr- built from nothing I, I like that idea of being able to look at something and go okay well I know the basic frame I mean and your Volvo is another great example it's like okay I know where I want to go with this but where how do I make it work and yeah how many people's car do I need to measure in the Home Depot parking lot <laughs> that's so, right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I swear I'm internet. not hurting your car exactly. <laughs> what are you doing Stop I'm just measuring me with your purse I'm just measuring your floor pan <laughs> go away <laughs> yeah. yeah and you know just just figuring out how to make things work so my current well, for the last probably four years, I worked for a company, a satellite company. Uh, we developed a satellite antenna that could track satellites with no moving parts. And so my my position in the company was to uh, integrate it into things. It, it, it's a really problem that's uh, or a solution that solves the problem of how to get satellite connectivity on things that move. And this is like full broadband connectivity. Okay. So buses, trains, planes, like all that kind of stuff. Because the car can be driving and it can pick up the satellite no matter which way you turn, no matter how fast you're going, all that stuff. My department, the department I led, was in charge of the integration into things. And so the very common thing would be is that they would bring over a stack. Here's an antenna. Here's uh, all this equipment we have to, and I need, here's a 
Prius. Can you put it all in there and make it work? Okay, I need to answer. Did you work on a Prius? Because this interview is going to be over real quick if you worked on a Prius. <laughs> we have I worked on a Prius. <laughs> okay, shut it off. <laughs> Toyota actually paid. No. Toyota actually partnered with that company and paid them a lot of money sure. to develop it. Uh, I actually worked on a Mirai. Mirai? Yep. Tell me more. It's Toyota's hydrogen car. It's it's oh. really only available in California and in yep. New York. I remember I reading something about that. Yep. Toyota had one, and then Honda had one. They had a yeah. Civic. BMW was the first one that really came out with so a big that went, that went really well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they actually shipped a Mirai up to us here in Seattle. I did uh, a whole bunch of satellite work on it, but another thing I did was uh, replace the entire roof skin with ca- carbon fiber. Made a basically like a M-series carbon fiber roof mold of their roof. Made the carbon fiber roof, replaced it. whole bunch of work on this thing. Without moving it, without driving it, because there's very limited, there's no hydrogen fuel stations around here. Yeah. And then shipped it off to Detroit where they unveiled it. Calling Home Depot. Yeah. Do you have hydrogen? (laughs) Why? No reason. (laughs) That's a small bottle, please. (laughs) Small (laughs) bottles. Yeah. Um, That was kind of a cool project, though. They unveiled that at the Detroit Auto Show. That's really cool. In their booth. Um, And so seeing that the industry was open for people who can solve problems that don't come from a classical engineering background, you know, somebody who's just sat at a desk their whole life, I'm I'm able to try to, um, working on, making that available to other companies that... It's a different that perspective. That. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, I think, I mean, a lot of people can, you know, it goes back to our, our discussion about college. You can go to college and they can teach you how everybody else has yeah. done it, but that doesn't get us farther in the future. We've got to find a way around it, yep. which is really cool. One of the interesting things is a lot of the people that worked for this company I was working at at the time that we worked together have gone on to work for other companies. They come back to me and say, ah, our engineers are just telling me why they can't do something. Can you just Tell make me it? why you can. Yeah, <laughs> just, just Could you make it work, please? Just, <laughs> just make it real quick. Sure. Let me go show them. <laughs> and, that's, and that's basically what I do. I mean, maybe I like MacGyver too much, but... Like that's not possible. No, nope. that's just not possible. Bring Angus me, was the man. <laughs> bring yeah. me a nine iron and a stuffed buffalo and two rolls <laughs> of duct tape, <laughs> and I'll put it. I'll put <laughs> it in. I your need car. a midget, some super glue, and a garden hose. Exactly. Okay. That's how Adam and I met. Yeah. You helped exactly. me fix my convertible top yep. and all the mechanisms in that. That was yep. an interesting transition. There, he's talking about bringing a stuffed <laughs> buffalo, <laughs> and you're like, "That's how I met Jared." <laughs> um, okay. That might be an off uh, podcast talk. Jeez. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so obviously, this led to. Adam, design uh, and development. <laughs> yeah. Design and development. Yeah. Okay, how recently did you guys start that? It's been maybe three months. Oh about wow, about three months. Yeah, yeah, brand yeah. new. Yeah, yeah, brand new. Um, the nice thing is, is that the company I was working for still needs work, so I'm still doing that work for them. Ah, I'm doing work for all these people that have moved on and need work. Well, um, like you said, if they're coming to you going, make this work, you've got yeah. to be like, fine. Yeah. <laughs> and and honestly, it only takes one or two times of me making something that somebody else said couldn't happen yeah. before now I'm getting emails from the entire company. Yeah. Hey, can you, hey, we have this. Hey, we need this. We need a seven-foot rotating table that can stop at every position and load things on it. And sure. Yeah, yeah I yep. can make that. That out-of-the-box thinking it will always be valuable. It's called a lazy Susan. You're welcome. <laughs> 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 Boom. <laughs> And then I do car projects uh, <laughs> on the side, uh, not on the side, but as part of the business. But it's more; those are more um, internet sexy kind of things, you know. They're what people want to see, and they help bring in people to, to talk about stuff. Right, you got to have your show. That's why yeah. that's why companies still build concept cars. Yep. Um, tell what's one of your favorite projects you've worked on that's been maybe something our interest our listeners would find really interesting. And our audience isn't all car people, so keep that in mind too. If you find something that was really crazy interesting, we all want to hear about it, car okay. or not. Um, 
I worked on a very top secret military boat that was completely c composites to put a one of these satellite antennas for the company I was working Thunder for. Thunder in Paradise. It was the Hulk Hogan show. Remember Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure it's not McHale's Navy. That's oh, that was a good <laughs> one, too. This is more McHale's <laughs> Navy kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 tell me more. The cool thing was is that the entire team that was there when I was working on the boat was all Navy SEALs. And much like when we went down there and we were talking about how the cars, when you see them in person, they're like a completely different thing than what you expect. Yeah. Like all the Navy SEALs I met were completely different than what I expected to. <laughs> and so that was a, it's just, it was just, it was an interesting boat. It was an interesting project. I do a lot of, um, or I was doing and still do a lot of uh, on-site work for people. So I'll have to pack up what I think it's going to take. And hope yeah. that there's a Home Depot nearby and fly to Midland, Texas or something, which is, <laughs> if nobody knows where Midland, Texas is, it's in the middle, middle of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. And, and like find a way Midland, to do something. Maybe? Yeah. yeah. Well, you would think, but, <laughs> but not as much. Yeah. No. <laughs> it should be middle of nowhere land in yeah. Texas. That's close. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's nice and humid, too. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and then just figuring out, it's again, it's the problem solving. It's the being able but to adapt. Neat. Adapt on site. Figure out how to make something work. And... Um, and make it happen that's i mean that that talent is we need more of that in this world like yeah. you said there's so many people going it won't work yeah. walk away well no let's let's figure this out let's but what know. if we made it work yes <laughs> yeah but what if it yeah. did work we have a, a saying in, in my line of work is mr says oh it's not going to work i said well what if i was this person and i asked you to make it work what would you say then and then it's like because it always comes down yeah. to how much do you want to pay and who's asking right because it's like you don't tell the ceo no tell them let me figure it out yeah. and you don't tell the person with the right checkbook size no yeah. you tell them it's going to cost as much to figure it out i don't know how it's going to work right now <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. That's exactly much, right yeah. i don't think we can do that in yeah. our current state yeah, Ta -da. yeah. that's like in sales <laughs> i don't know the answer to that but i'll find it yep exactly so. yeah so that was um you know everything is just kind of transitioned from one thing to another and i just we roll with the punches when we can and make it work has she been punching you no. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. No. I mean, <laughs> why are you blinking so fast? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, was, I wanted to ask you, one of the things I, f I have found most impressive is uh, the the chassis design on the new, in, well, any of the McLarens in mass production, MP4 and above, mm -hmm. F1, a whole other story. But um, is there any, has there been any cars as you've walked around that you've looked at and you're like, that is a, an amazing piece of engineering from one perspective or another? Well, I just like to look at fit and finish. That's the one thing to me that falls back to good engineering is the fit and finish of a car. Like you can find some cars that are really expensive and the fit and finish is not that great. And oh, I know what you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and working, uh, you know, for the years I worked at Benchmark, um, we've I've taken apart probably 80% of the cars that are down there. And I've seen them with fenders off, with bumpers off, with the dashboard out, you know, all those kind of things. And... Seeing what's underneath is kind of is kind of another thing that that yep. denotes quality, in my opinion. The box so. tube framing on a Lamborghini, yeah. pre Audi, yeah. yep. <laughs> or the yeah. uh, say the if you look at the inside fenders or the the quarter panels, excuse me, on a 993 last air cooled Turbo S, how they were like, hey, this needs more air intake, so they like just cut holes in the fenders of a 993 and then like put in fiberglass to make the air intakes. Yeah. They look absolutely beautiful from the outside, but if you take the wheel off and take it apart, you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just like your favorite piece of engineering, Dan, where they put the battery on a Murcielago and how easy oh, that is yeah. to get to. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. For those wondering, you have to take off the left rear of a Lamborghini Murcielago to get to the battery. That wheel weighs a ton. It has a proprietary tire. 
And uh, on top of that, it has jump points on top of the battery, but it tells you not to jump from there because the carbon fiber Kevlar reinforcement is conductive. So that if you do jump from there, you might electrocute yourself or fry the entire wiring harness of the car. Great job, Lamborghini. <laughs> Other than that, it's a great car. It really <laughs> great is. Car. Great car. Pulls car. like a freight train when it yeah. runs, unless yeah. it rains if, and it's parked if, downhill. If it rains. <laughs> So if there's a slight wind or... <laughs> no, if it's parked downhill, nose down, oh, yeah. the water goes over the rear panel and soaks the ECU and fries it. But if it's parked with the back down, it'll be fine. So, you know, just throw a blanket over the top if you're parked in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> you want what for this car? They're appreciating. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, in, in places it doesn't rain. California. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Anyway. No, I mean, I, obviously, like I was, we were talking about before, like the, the composites and the, and the chassis and, and these these... these frames are getting lighter and lighter and you know we're starting to see them in, in more affordable cars like i mean that, that when that alpha C, 4c came out and the fact that that was that that was one of the first cars at that price point where you could get a true carbon fiber monocoque chassis and then you know mclaren's been doing it forever and they're gorgeous and they're light and they're safe i mean we've seen some people really do some horrible things to mclaren's but like you said there's really strength in those that you don't understand because you look yeah. at it and you go oh it's a piece of carbon fiber and it weighs nothing Th this is not going to protect me yeah you better hope it does <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, i'm kind of I'm, I'm uh moderately obsessed with uh, lightweight, saving weight wherever possible. And like when I, in that Mariah example, when I did the composite roof skin, I thought, you know, piece of sheet metal. Was that something they asked you to do or you just did? We wanted to integrate an antenna oh, okay. for a display. And um, we actually had um, a yacht glass manufacturer come out with a ferro arm and measure the roof of the Mariah to make us an entire glass roof. Okay. 3D contoured glass roof. Oh, so you could see the design of the antenna. So we could it. put the antenna underneath it, it okay. and have this kind of oh. conceptual glass, entire glass roof on this thing. Okay. Uh, we were like two weeks from the Detroit Auto Show. They were supposed, they were already late on their delivery of the glass. They show up and it doesn't fit at all. All the corners are high and misshapen. So they really couldn't do it. No, they couldn't. <laughs> well, I'm guessing that a yacht, the precision of glass fitment in a yacht is probably different than what this car build was. Yeah, <laughs> Put some waterproof seals. caulking around it. It'll be fine. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, so we needed to come up with something quick um, that we can integrate an antenna in, be conceptual, be flashy. I used hexagon carbon fiber, so it had this cool hexagon pattern over the whole thing. Oh, that sounds really cool. We were using, we were using hexagon. Uh, our antennas is actually octagon shaped, but we were made these fake antennas that were hexagon shaped to be conceptual mm -hmm. um but my th my thought was well it's just a single layer of steel skin like how much lighter is a piece of composite that's strong enough gonna be and it was actually half the weight it was like wow I mean, went from like seven pounds to three and a half pounds but half the weight is half the weight like that's yeah a pretty big thing and um so just after seeing that like a lot of things that i started doing i was trying to find lighter ways of doing that doing anything yeah so the exhaust on that thing is completely aluminum. So I yeah, made. You're saying that. Yeah. So it's actually stainless from the head pipe to where it turns under the car. And yeah, which I, which I would assume it have to be. Um, well, I mean, that's another question because I mean, the head's aluminum, the pistons are aluminum. I mean, it's potentially possible that it could be. Yeah, could work. you use a high grade aluminum. I can yeah. see how it would work. Higher grade, thicker. Um, yeah. One thing that's uh, interesting. How is many that times can we say the word aluminum? Aluminium. 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 Yeah, exactly. Is that's that the uh, for our British listeners? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're welcome. Actually, once the carbon builds up on the inside of the aluminum, it actually creates a heat barrier too. So that's another thing that would mean it didn't have to be so thick. Well, you know. Yeah. I'm seeing rainbows left and right here. But I went from um, the portion of it that is uh, aluminum now that was uh, 
factory BMW before went from 48 pounds to 15 pounds. Yeah, and the, the what I took, one of the things is trying to problem solve and try to save weight. Uh, the, the pretty uh, common consensus is you can't use aluminum for exhaust. It'll melt, it'll, it'll break, it'll work harden, it'll fall off your car, like all these things that everybody says, why it won't work. Yeah. So I just had to solve those problems. You can't weld a hanger to a piece of aluminum tube because that will work harden and fracture and fall off. So I used band clamps, steel band clamps, with my hangers welded to the band clamps. So I'm supporting the entire tube by this piece of steel that hangs, that is the hanger. Support the entire tube and then support it in multiple places. Um, I had to make my own muffler, had to make my own resonator because aluminum mufflers and resonators don't exist. Right. So I had to study up on uh, how they function, what does what. You know, a perforated core resonator cut down on high frequencies, but if you want to cut down on volume, you need to do uh, exa- exhaust gas rerouting. So you want to yeah, multi-chamber like a, exhaust, yeah. yeah, zigzags and things like that. Okay. Um, so I had to study all that stuff and then design my own muffler and resonator and then fabricate them. Huh. Simple it enough. Why not? <laughs> it must have made for an interesting night when you. I'm just going to go design a muffler. I'll be back. <laughs> uh, okay, dinner's at seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's. So cool. Yeah. I mean, and I wish I had your brain. Like, I, I, I want to do that kind of stuff, but I just, I, I get there and I, I just but don't you have to do think it. about well, it. Well, the, ni- yeah, the next set, of sh- the next <laughs> set of shirts I'm going to have made are just going to say, you know a guy. You so know. <laughs> I'm the guy you should know. Now you, now you know <laughs> a guy. Now you know, now you know the guy. Yeah. Yeah. You, don't, you don't have to be the guy. You can Fair know enough. the guy. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, and weight savings is everything, too. I'm still mad about it. Is. That. It's, it is. It helps. I'm uh, still working personally on weight savings. Right. On, on me. It's <laughs> what I was referring to, actually, is myself. You know, it helps handling. It helps braking. It helps acceleration. Like everything is improved by saving and weight. in cars. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Speaking, speaking of Lamborghinis, yeah. I went and saw Kevin and Caitlin Flynn because they went to drive the Turbo S the other day because they want to buy one. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about how Porsche doesn't make a 911 Turbo RS, which is what everybody wants because it's all-wheel drive. They make the GT2 RS and the 3 RS, but they're all rear-wheel drive. I'm still upset about it, Porsche. If you're listening, anyway, I'm actually surprised somebody like. Him hasn't made one. Well, I because I want carbon <laughs> fiber roof, carbon fiber fenders, carbon I'm, fiber. That's my point. Everything like, but doesn't with, exist. With, with, but what I'm saying with the world out there and <laughs> things like this, I'm really surprised somebody hasn't made that car yet. Well, BBI has yeah. our previous guest, but Tim. That's different. Yeah, so if you want to get up with Batim at BBI and make a uh, full carbon fiber RS, there you go. I got a guy you should talk to. You know Batim. Batim yeah. and, and I actually know each other. I'm uh, sure you do. Reasonably yeah. well from working right next door to each other when yep. I was at Carnets. And that's he, was, he was at Ford All. He, uh, I actually made some uh, uh, plastic headlights for his 924 so he could put fog lights behind them to cut down on the pop-up stuff. Yeah. And he welded an exhaust pipe on my Grand National, like all kinds of stuff. He, We've worked together. And I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like all these people that you guys have had on your podcast, like I know so many of them. And I'm like, wait a second. I know. I remember. <laughs> I know that voice. Yeah. 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 No, I remember Batim when he was no, still no, getting crazy. No, no, no. <laughs> you, d- you cut that out. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. It's Disney. They probably will sue us. Pretty de- <laughs> <laughs> we don't have Disney money, Dan. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take our next break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap things up. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. 
The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me, for people who love cars. And, and we're, we're back. back. Oh. <laughs> and we're back. Oh, look who steps up. <laughs> we're so in sync. Adam or Atom or whatever the hell. <laughs> we're so in sync. It's only creepy when we look at each other's eyes and say it. <laughs> and we're back. God. <laughs> The good news is we're looking at each other when we say it. <laughs> Neither one of us is behind the other person. I'm back. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so. Don't shake like your head. Don't shake your head. Everything, every time I think we're going to get through a podcast, I'm having to edit a Wait bunch a of it out. No, no. You started this today. <laughs> I, d- I really I've been did. good for once. <laughs> like, I don't know. Cooped up inside all day. I had a bunch of caffeine, and I'm feeling better. Anyway. Living in a van dump. Adam, what's what's the next for you? What's going on? What's where where do you want to go with this project? Are you going to continue on the Volvo? Is there something new on the horizon? Give us all your secrets. Ready? Go. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, with the with the Amazon, um, I'm going to do a whole round of stuff for this coming off season into the show season next year. Um, try to get some spot at get a spot at uh, SEMA 2020. Uh, I'll be doing a motor swap. So I. I'm a forced induction guy. Every other car in my family, every other car I've had for a while gets forced induction, typically turbo. I wanted to turbo this car, but the confinements of the engine bay and the six-cylinder BMW engine, there just wasn't room for an intercooler, really. That was the biggest thing. Hmm. I could fit a turbo in there. Getting an intercooler to fit was next to impossible. Air to water would be okay, but then you get heat soak and all kinds of stuff. So I decided take a cylinder off the front, make it a five-cylinder, get a five-cylinder in there. Uh, then I have room to stack intercooler and radiator. Now, when you say this, are you actually going to take a cylinder <laughs> up the front, or are you getting a whole new? <laughs> no, no. I actually sourced a Volvo five-cylinder. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> going, wait a minute here. Now, it's not just any Volvo five-cylinder. It's actually the same five-cylinder that they used in the European Ford Focus RS. So the 2.5 that came in the Something yeah. slow. Ford okay. Focus yeah, RS. Yeah. And the, the cool thing about it is, again, aftermarket support. Like yeah. you, From Europe, you can get intake manifolds. You can get tunes. You can get all this stuff. So I actually have the other engine. I've already done the work to mate that engine to a BMW transmission so that the drive shaft, the shift linkage, the clutch pedal, everything can stay BMW. Use a BMW transmission. Use this five-cylinder motor. Um, that was an interesting task. So I, what I did is I had to, uh, they never made, well, they made very few rear-wheel drive five-cylinder they didn't make any five-cylinder rear-wheel drive volvos they made a six-cylinder rear-wheel drive volvo that uses the same architecture of the engine so um but it was always automatics except in europe expensive transmissions all that stuff so i took a straight edge calipers my simple cad system and i drew up the from the back of the engine where the pressure plate is where the fingers are where the throwout distance the pilot bearing all that kind of stuff from the back of the engine from the BMW transmission in, where the uh, clutch fork goes, where the throwout bearing is, uh, all that kind of stuff. And I took all the measurements and I actually cut the front of the bell housing off the BMW transmission because it's an integrated bell housing. I cut the bell housing from a Volvo transmission and welded them together. So I have a BMW transmission with a Volvo bolt pattern bolts up uses a volvo clutch uses the pressure plate and you can't just get those volvo. at AutoZone. i feel like i feel like that's something <laughs> at AutoZone. Like totally off the shelf part yeah i mean that's a <laughs> you did it the hard way yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> sounds like you're wasting a lot of time and money now, if you ask now. Me. i have some jb weld I mean, <laughs> yes 
They do. They do make a adapter plate to put a BMW transmission on the back of a Volvo. That sounds engine. too easy. Well, it takes a very special BMW transmission that has a longer input shaft and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. Okay. Uh, this process is actually kind of common in in uh, Sweden, where they do lots of rally racing. Typically, they have some random engine that they need to put a stronger transmission behind, and the cutting and welding of bell housings is relatively common over there. So Interesting. I didn't make it up. I just did it myself. Yeah, <laughs> we adapted it. Yeah. Well, we can just cut that last part out and make it sound like you did. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're doing a new interior, you said, last time I talked uh, to you? Uh, seats. Uh, finish up the – I haven't finished all the hatch area out. Um, I just put the – I just got the headliner card in. So that car typically has a suspended headliner. You know, it's the fabric and bows, and they stretch it. I wanted suede, and I wanted to not spend a lot of money. So <laughs> – I took my tape measure. <laughs> <laughs> and the internet. Nope. Uh, no internet <laughs> oh. this time. Pick, oh, okay. pick exactly. and pull this time. Exactly. <laughs> Went to pick and pull, and I found a <laughs> station wagon that was uh, the right length, right size, and I used a Saturn SL200 station wagon headliner card that I cut to size and reupholstered. and oh, the Saturn. Hmm. Well, it was, honestly, it was didn't have a sunroof. That was one of the bigger things. Like, you never. Needed to find something to do. You can always put, you can always cut a sunroof in. It's hard to put, take one out. That's so true. yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, you don't mess with the roof line on that car. It's got a gorgeous roof line. Yeah, so. it has a really cool uh, body contour that they put into it, uh, a stamping that they put into the sheet metal to make it a little bit sturdier because it's actually kind of thin. Oh, on the roof on the roof of the Volvo. Yeah. I was noticing yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to leave. I didn't want to mess with that at all. Very good. Lo- it's incredibly good looking yeah, car. It's a beautiful car. Who's doing the interior work for? It? Are you doing it yourself too? Uh, the yeah. seats and all that. Yeah. I've, so everything that's been done to that car up to this point, I've done paint body suspend everything and the only thing that i've had somebody do up till now was um i wanted loop carpet which is vintage style carpet they don't make a carpet kit for a b86 bmw that uses loop carpet so i had to do uh cut cut sections and then i had an upholstery guy that i know sew the binding around the edge before i glued it down so um (coughs) the uh Reupholstering the seats will be something that happens this this winter, and I'll probably. It's already a gorgeous interior in there. Like I, well, the seats are so the front seats are out of a, a R32 Volkswagen, okay, uh, Mark V, I think. And then um, uh, what I did is I dyed them to match the rest of the interior. Okay. <laughs> so if we're talking about making things work, I had so those seats were given to me by a, f- a really good friend of mine. I put uh, Sparkos in his R32, and he's like, "You can just keep the stock seats." They've also been in my house for years. <laughs> They're really nice seats, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. But in order to make them fit in the E30 convertible, so the chassis is actually a convertible, so it's got yeah. the reinforcement and the floors and all that kind of stuff, which makes it a little bit narrower between the, the rail and the transmission tunnel. In order to get those R32 seats in there, I actually had to pull the upholstery off the BMW seats, pull the upholstery off the R32 seat, take the metal pan that the upholstery attaches to on the R32, weld it to the E30 seat frame, <laughs> And the same thing with the backrest. So it bolts down in the same place that an E30 bolts in. uses the same slide mechanism and tilt mechanism from an E30. But it has the places for the upholstery to foam and upholstery to attach from the R32. See, it's simple, Dan. How <laughs> <laughs> you headache get, thinking how about you it? You didn't even know that could happen. I mean, um, just like a bell housing. Yeah, you just s- cut it off. So right now they're just dyed and it's starting to wear off. In a well, but it looks good. Like, it I mean, does. I, you, you yeah. can't tell. So are you going to stick with the same interior color? Is that, is that yep. the? Yeah, okay. I, liked, I liked that red. And are you doing? Um, <laughs> Go ahead. See, it's just there's so many <laughs> questions I can now ask because most it's like, well, well where are you going to get the Sparco seats? Like, are you going to make it? Like, are you going to stick with the same seats and re-dye, or are you doing something totally new? No, I'll probably so 
I do know an upholstery guy, and okay. he needs uh, cabinet doors built for his kitchen. So ah, maybe a uh, okay, I see. There you go. Stuff going on. <laughs> like father, like son. Like father, like son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Uh, so there's the the motor swap. There's the um, seat upholstery. Uh, I probably I'm, well, I'm toying with doing a, a carbon fiber roof skin on that too. Replacement roof skin replacement on that car. Um, we just talked about how beautiful the roof is on that car. It'll look the same. Yeah, I know, but, but, fiber. but but <laughs> no. I mean, I could even paint it too if I if that. Why would you? No, okay, I get you. It'd be kind of cool <laughs> if it had that like exposed carbon look, like the F40, where you could see the uh, the the weave inside. That's just of it. poor painting on Ferrari's part. Let me just say it. <laughs> I saved weight. I'm the only one that's going to say it. You know, Ferrari didn't put enough paint in that. Car. <laughs> so in the front, I have really big brakes. I have 330 millimeter front rotors. That's huge. Yeah, in that car. Yeah. yeah. No, they're they're. Uh, 2014 G- Cherokee Sport rotors. Oh, I thought yeah, that was yeah. going to be my next guess. With <laughs> with with Willwood calipers that I oh, made. Oh, okay. I made, I made the only ad- made my own adapters for okay. it. Okay, um, of course. Yeah, but I want to step down a wheel size. So those are 18s. Um, the front tire is next to nothing, but the, I have to keep that size tire because it just clears the coilover lower perch. So I can't go bigger with my tire diameter. So I'm going to step down with a wheel size to a 17. Okay. So I'm actually going to step down with the rotor size in the front. And then uh, upgrade the rear rotors too. So there'll be bigger brakes, there'll be smaller wheels, there'll be the motor swap, 300 horse conservatively. And Which is great for a car like that. That's, that's perfect. Plenty of power. What are you at right now, horsepower wise? And well, that thing stock was that. So that's a European, it was a gray market car. So it's got the high compression head and all that stuff. Stock, it's like 170. Oh, so okay. By now, it's probably 120 at the crank. Yeah, so you're gonna have exactly. a heck of a lot of, a lot of power. That'll be good. Should be good and drivable. Yeah, and drivable. Uh, yeah. I went with a really small turbo, so I want it to be uh, on to right away. No, no. Spool leg. up nice and quick. Yeah, sure. I put a great big turbo on my Grand National because I thought I was gonna put this. Everybody big put a big Grand Turbo. <laughs> <on there. laughs> I thought I was gonna put this high stall torque converter. It was gonna be awesome to drive, and I never got around to that. And it's the most peaky. Leggy yeah. thing I've ever nothing, had. So nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh my god! All of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, d- I didn't want to make that mistake again. So it's a really small turbo. Um, but uh, so in order to try to speed the process up, what I did is I actually found a friend that was parting out an E30. When he was done with it, I cut the front clip off. So I have the engine bay for another E30 at my shop that I welded stands on. It sits in my shop, and that's what I'm mocking up all the engine, all the motor oh, mounts. Yeah. All the uh, radiator mounts, the cooler mounts. Who needs a jig when you can just cut the front off a BMW? Yeah. I mean, that's the best jig you can find. Well, that's the advantage of having a car that's really common. No. Like yeah. 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 Wow. Very cool. Uh, so what are the, uh, if people want to get a hold of you and they want services done, what would you say, this is what I can do for you? <laughs> Honestly? Hey, whatever you want. Whatever you want. <laughs> whatever you want. If the check's big enough, the job is if, the job Well, I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're having a problem uh, coming up with a solution that's, that's cost-effective, that is realistic, that needs time sensitive. Like, I can do rapid fabrication, I can do prototyping, I can do proof of concept. So, if you need a carbon fiber toilet, I know a guy. Sure, you know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen one of those. They're not that impressive and they crack. I'm sorry, no. <laughs> so yeah, they're crap. There's a oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty thing to say, Dan. <laughs> um, you know, being only three months in, my website's still in development, so I don't have access to that. But, uh, he can develop anything on a car. Website? Eh. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> no. I know the files are in the computer. Yeah, that's, that's about <laughs> all I know. Zoolander. Exactly. Okay. In the um, computer. But I have uh, both Facebook and I have a Facebook page. I have my Instagram. Like, 
contact through either of those. Adam Design and Development. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's Adam DD on Instagram. Okay. There will be a link to it on our page as usual, and we will tag you on Facebook. Um, we are all Avance members. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. So speaking of, if you want to see Adam uh, from Adam Design. You can go to, I've seen you at quite a few Avance meetups. Um, the next one coming up is the slot car racing. I don't think we'll be at that one. That's uh, uh, just because I have too much going on with work. But um, that's Saturday, October 5th. So that'll be the day after this airs. So if you're listening to this now, you can go tomorrow. Um, that's at Scale Racing Center in Tacoma. Awesome event, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. So just a two-hour event. But uh, you guys should go down and hang out. It's a ton of fun. Everybody who does that loves it. Um, the next one I'm really, really trying to meet up with at is the Avance Midweek Meetup. And that's all about radios. Um, that's October 8th. So, and that's 630, uh, it's not at the shop, but, uh, I'm a big radio guy. Like uh, right now I do a ton of the rally stuff. So I have been researching the hell out of longer range radios. A lot of that is simply adding on a longer antenna, but if you stick out the window, you get a lot better reception. Funny how that works. So, uh, that's going to be a good one to go to just because if you've done any group drives with radios, you get really spoiled and you don't really want to do them without them again. It just makes it way more fun to talk to your drivers and tell them when to pass and if there's a cop up ahead or you should leave the town because there's a cop waiting for you. Not that I know anything or about th- that. Or if their GPS doesn't work <laughs> and they're driving off into nowhere. No, Joe. Yeah. Hashtag where's Joe? Where's Joe? <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. Then it got worse. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so that's an invaluable thing to know. Um, this is really, especially if you're an off-road guy, uh, this is this tis the season for off-road. We were just talking on the break how our good friend <laughs> Davis, who bought my Land Cruiser, uh, he went out driving and it was having a blast. And I was so freaking jealous because I missed that a lot. But radio is, again, essential out there and obviously a lot easier to mount an antenna on an off-road vehicle. <laughs> Not so much on the Porsche, but... Some big old whippies off the back. <laughs> they they work. Oh, I go. Yeah. Length matters. <laughs> Tape measure. Internet. Dan's gonna have to edit himself on this one. <laughs> this is a really rare day, listeners of Rain City Supercars. Dan is wilder and funnier than I am today. It's bound to happen. Had a lot of caffeine. Don't expect me to start getting this, becoming the smart one. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they are covering do's and don'ts, range, frequencies, uh, and Avance. If you are a member, has their own private registered frequencies. Which, if you're a radio guy, you know that matters. That's a big deal. So. Uh, anyway, you should join Avance because we all are members. It's yeah. a cool place. It's where all the cool kids are. Yeah, in spite, we're still there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> haven't found out we're there yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be at the Dino Day next. It's the next one I'm going to on the 19th, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's at, where's that one at? Dino Day at Carb Connection. Oh, I've done that before. Yep. Yeah, so 85 bucks for unlimited poles on the two-wheel drive Dino. I'm going to uh, have that thing on there. With this engine, so that I know. I was gonna say you really want to know how much. What my comparison is gonna be when I come back? That's fair. Honestly, my shop is directly across the street from Carb Connection. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah, it's even better. I did that one in the Z06 at 570 horsepower bone stock out of that one, so (laughs) it was fun. (laughs) Just can't get to 600. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I should should go throw the Porsche on there. I'm curious what it makes now. (laughs) Hmm. Yep. The 19th Carb Connection. 19th (laughs) Carb Connection. 85 dollars unlimited pulls. Adam, thank you for coming in and sharing Absolutely. this with us. You know, and obviously, you know, um, a lot of people will see you at, at, at you've know, seen you at exotics with Avance and things like that, and they'll now be able to come up to you and hopefully you'll just be fabricating <laughs> everything in the world. Hopefully, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, and you know, if you uh, that's the shirt you need to say. It's like, yeah, I, I can. I'm the guy that can make it happen when no others can't. Yeah, or something yeah like you know that. a guy. So, uh, yeah, you know a guy. It works. So, for Rain City Supercars, I'm Nick. I'm Dan. Don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.